Hello, I'm Alan Higgins, and you are listening to the Design Talk podcast. The following recording is a cross-pod release with The Blind Spot, a podcast created by Tina Lowe, Accessibility Officer at University College Dublin, Ireland. This episode was recorded on the 31st of January 2022. Welcome to The Blind Spot. I'm your host, Tina Lowe. This podcast looks to show everyone about making Ireland accessible for all. Today we are talking to Connor Reid, Alan Higgins and Jessica Viola. We're going to look over how we came about creating this podcast, specifically in relation to the accessibility aspect, because the blind spot is all about how to create an accessible culture and an accessible information, technology buildings. So what what we're looking at today is how we actually created the podcast, the nuts and bolts, why we did it, and in relation to the difference being that I'm totally blind and we used, we'll say, other ways of knowing what how who was talking um, and instead of reading the questions as people do in studios, I had to memorise a lot of the questions. But I had a very able assistant in Jessica telling me in my ear all the time what we were supposed to say next, if we needed to change it. So we did. We, we managed to make the podcast using different ways, and I think uh, it was a very interesting way and a great way to learn. And the way we began this was we started by going into Connor Reed's studio in town, and I'm going to introduce you to Connor now. Good morning, Connor. Thank you very much for coming in today. Good morning. Thanks for having me in. We're going to get you to talk to the listeners and explain exactly what the phenomenon of podcasting is and how it started off and now how it's grown, and especially in relation to during the pandemic. I would imagine you had more and more people wanting to make podcasts. So if you could talk us through, what is a podcast? Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Basically. Hopefully people have got to the the end of of this podcast and they know what a podcast is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, really, there's lots of ways you can sort of describe it to people who aren't sure. It's an on-demand piece of audio. It's a piece of audio that you can listen to whenever you like. Generally speaking, most people are listening on their phones. So, you know, in the same way that um, you might be listening to Spotify or whatever else you um, you can listen to podcasts whenever, wherever you like. They kind of came about really because of that. There, there were podcasts in the, you know, early 2000s and, and onwards, even if they weren't quite called that yet. They were just, you know, a piece of audio, you know, I guess the other defining thing is that it's spoken audio more so, more so than just music. But, you know, somebody would record something, put it online, and then someone else could download it, put it onto like an MP3 player or something, and listen to it later. But that's obviously very clunky and time-consuming and awkward. And so I think, you know, th- that was always going to be a very niche pursuit until the arrival of smartphones and um, easily available internet connections and streaming and things like that. So there were lots of podcasts before, you know, around 2008, 2009, 2010, that kind of time. But that's sort of when they really took off. Um, and once people could stroll out of their house, click something on their phone and just listen easily, then it suddenly became a very 
attractive sort of way to, um, you know, as both an alternative to a more typical type of radio show or else for something just completely different. Um, and there's, you know, lots of people who are experimenting with new uh, new types of, of shows, as well as kind of resurrecting stuff that maybe people might have seen as very old types of shows like radio dramas and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, so podcasting has been around in, in one form or another for quite a while, but really it's, I guess, 2010, 11, 12, things really started to take off. And then 2014 was when, uh, the podcast serial came out, which was kind of often seen as a bit of a turning point because it just was blew up and was absolutely huge. Um, so I guess around then was the point at which podcasts became, you know, a- another cultural media in the way you might chat to your friends and say hey you know what are you watching on tv have you read any good books lately and then suddenly that became oh you're listening to any good podcasts and that's kind of only grown and grown in the last um sort of eight or ten years or so to the point where now certainly in in ireland you know huge numbers of people are listening to podcasts um if not every day certainly every week and there's a massive range of stuff both irish and international um as well as corporations and companies and brands and charities and government organizations and everybody else making shows as well which is a lot of what we do in the in the podcast studios too so connor we went into your studio we had the it was great we we got the opportunity to do a training course in how to make podcasts so we went into you we also did zoom which was really good and so it was amazing because i i I, I'm blind, so I actually, I love radio and I love listening to audible books. So podcasts to me are amazing because it's a fantastic way of learning lots of random information yeah. and tapping into things that you wouldn't normally do or, you know, just finding things on anything you want to learn about. And then also the other part of podcasting is, as as you say, it's become very popular. So there's a lot of very well-known people making podcasts. Mm. So that's interesting because sometimes you get to see a different side of people when they make a podcast because it's a much more, I'd say, intimate environment. So when we went into your studio, you gave us a lot of information. So talk us through, like, what exactly is involved? Because I know I, I was under a completely different impression. I literally thought you'd go in, talk, and it was done. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. There, there's a fair bit of work involved in it. I mean, I think at one end of the scale, what's great about podcasting is that it it can be very simple. You obviously need a little bit of planning about what you want to do, what you want to say, and so on and so forth. But like, you know, there are apps you can you know open on your phone, hit record, talk, hit stop. And upload, and five minutes later, everyone can listen online. And it can be done very, very easily, um, which is great, and it makes uh, for kind of lower barriers to entry. You still need to have the time and the knowledge and the you know the other things, but if you want to make something that's a little bit more um, considered and has a little bit more maybe editing behind it and, and various other things like that, um, there are quite a few other steps. Most people who, who come to us in the studios... I would say somewhere between somewhat and massively underestimate how long it's going to take to to make a show. I kind of tend to tell people, like, however long you think you're going to put towards this each week, at least double it. Like, if you think, yeah, I'll I'll be able to do this, you know, in 
two hours a week or three hours a week, it's like, it's probably going to be six hours or seven hours or more. Um, especially because there's so many small parts to it, you know. So you obviously need to plan the podcast. You need to find guests if you're going to have them and pin them down and get a time that's available and so on. You need to do your interview and prep questions and all that kind of stuff. You then might want to do some kind of little introduction or conclusion or something else on it. So you need to record that. You might want to put some music on and, you know, kind of uh, tidy it up that way. Even a small amount of editing is going to take a little bit of time. And then you've got a piece of audio, but nobody can listen. So you have all of the next, the other steps. Now, a lot of those steps just need to be done one time just to set up the podcast. Um, But even with an ongoing um, show, you still need to upload it. You still need to make sure it's available to listen to. And you still need to tell people about it. You need to market it and promote it and, and everything else. So there's quite a lot to do on a, a an initial setup and then even on a weekly basis for a very straightforward show. There's still a fair number of hours <laughs> involved. And then would it be true to say, Connor, that I, like as we've been all making this podcast, obviously everyone here listens to podcasts and I found, I came across one few last week. It was an American podcast, and I think I I imagine he is a very well known, maybe a DJ and radio. But he he's his for his special specialist subject would be talking to actors. Mm. So you know he he but he comes across. He says, "Oh, I'm sitting here in my kitchen and I'm interviewing whoever you know." And it's an hour and a half, and he does it three times a week. So yeah. So. It's true to say, I know it now, I didn't know it then, but that he would probably have a produ- uh, a team, is that right to say? You know, a team of, say, the producer, director, writer, engineer, you know, it's 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 totally different to what I imagined, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I think... Not, not always, but I'm just saying it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I think you know? there's a lot of shows that sound like they, you know, are quite casual and stuff, but that sort of... Um, casual nature is is built into the show and edited into the show, you know, so it's it's edited in a way that sounds like it's not massively edited, but it is. Um, lots of podcasts are made with, with just one person. You can, you know, you can record and produce and edit and, and so on yourself, but it, then you just need a lot of time. If it's a show that's interviewing people and coming out three times a week, uh, unless the host has a serious amount of time on their hands, I imagine there's at least one other person involved Um uh, you know, in a lot of cases, um, you might have one person who's hosting and prepping the questions and getting guests and getting all stuff down. And then you might have another person who's um, doing some research and editing and getting it together and, and things like that. Podcasting is a good team sport. You know, it works well with a couple of people. Yeah, and I think that podcasting is like not for the faint of heart either. You know, it it does take a lot of commitment especially I mean it depends on the subject matter but even when we've been working on this project for sure it's it's a lot more behind the scenes than just the hour that Mm. we're doing every week you know recording which is I think it's very interesting like it's been a great way to learn about so many things and so Connor thanks for that I'm going to come back to you later to ask you the really hard part which is social media (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to move on to Alan Higgins, who is our director of The Blind Spot and who I met Alan, it's probably it's probably three years now because given that we had two years of pandemic and I Alan invi- invited me to speak in one of his lectures on the concept of design thinking and it's a very interesting concept and I'm going to get Alan to explain 
all of that and how he has come to love the art of podcasting. <clears throat> Sorry, thanks, Tina. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we um, met each other uh, through the university. Uh, Tina's the um, campus accessibility officer, and I I just started this new module on design thinking. And for me, um, design thinking is about product design and service design. But I think the and, and gathering requirements and and uh, developing. Uh, products and services that really meet the needs of users but for me the prime the prime requirement is um accessibility accessibility has to be built in it's like the first requirement it's the universal requirement and so um with the the campus accessibility office uh, and and tina's involvement we had some guest speakers come in and tina herself uh guests from the ncbi um the wheelchair association of ireland and and others to raise uh, the students' awareness about the need for good product design. Anyway, that's all kind of background. Um, at the same time as that, um, I think we, all educators have been struggling with the uh, challenge of engagement with uh, the student body with uh, complex material. And I kind of viewed, uh, along with some of my colleagues, that uh, podcasting would be a great way of sharing content and... Um, Having material out there for students that is that was easy to consume. Video can be very demanding. You, re, you know, it demands your eyeballs and your ears, and um, and uh, it's it's in a sense time lost sometimes. And a lot of uh, educational material is very um, discursive and and discussion orientated, or uh, it's about ideas and and words. And podcasts are perfect for that. And so we went down this route. And as it happened, the first year uh, we uh, got through the design thinking class, COVID comes along and it upends our traditional mode of engagement with students. So, yeah, we really pushed for uh, a podcast uh, platform for uh, the teaching content, content for the, so we call it an open educational resource. And uh, and I think in a way uh, the Blind Spot, Tina's podcast, is, is a resource for educators um, to go to. And then Alan talked to us about uh, the work, say, making this podcast. We we had, say, ten, maybe nine or ten separate shows that we recorded. And there was one specific one that I was, I, I will always remember because it was amazing. And basically it was, we did a, a talk on, it's all about universal accessibility. So this one was specifically access to the sport, to sports. So, it tied nicely in with this year, we or last year now, we had the Paralympians and we did quite well in Tokyo. So I, I, I'm the type of person that I always, I always want to get go for gold. So find someone who knows someone <laughs> who can find me, the Paralympian who won the silver med- medal. So we, we got Nicole Turner and then we got another s- former student in UCD who also was in the Paralympians. Paralympics, and he yep. actually travelled from Sligo, which Patrick was amazing. Flanagan, Patrick, think, yeah. yeah, and he actually travelled up. So Nicole was in her house in Port Arlington because of COVID, with her mother, who was her main kind of mentor and driver to all her training. And then we had Patrick in the studio, and then we had Alan on the sound, and we also had Jackie Hurley, the Ortiz broadcaster, who very kindly got into her car. <laughs> 
and got connected. So explain that whole thing, Alan, because it was amazing. And at one stage, we dropped Jackie and you well, got it. Yeah, or, you know, but yeah. it was it was just really it was it was, it was pretty was, mad. It was kind of it Th- was wild. This actually. was uh, um, uh, we'd been used to um, doing our recording online virtually, but we we have this big room here. It's not really a studio, and some of the guests who are around are welcome to come in and be recorded. And so we we knew we were going to have some remote guests um, and and some in present in in room pre- guests, um, and that's all grand. You, you hook people up with a laptop on on the USB uh, connector there on, onto the uh, recording device. Um, it also has a, uh, a TRRS connector, which is a kind of a, a generic connector for microphone and and uh, speech output. Um, and speaker output. And so Jackie was going to be coming in here, but lo and behold, uh, RTE says, oh, no, no, you've got to stay in the office. Um, so that was fine. So we, we were getting ready to g- get Jackie in via Zoom, or we actually use Zencaster for the audio capture um, because it's a, a much higher quality um, local capture for remote guests. Um, but then Jackie's told she has to go out on the road, so she didn't even have a PC, and uh, it had to be done on a smartphone. And through the jigs and the reels, um, we had to get, well, we got Jackie to phone in. Um, Now, we didn't actually have a PC handy, so we used, uh, we phoned out through an iPad through Skype to Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) And the iPad was connected through the the standard uh, uh, jack in the back of the... um, That's a fun, yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was a bit mad. It was. And and the iPad didn't even have enough battery to start up. So we had had just got a a battery pack and plugged it in. And lo and behold, it all works fine. And it was just brilliant. And it hung in there. And really good quality audio. See, Tina's keen that the, the sound sounds good. Yeah, because obviously because I... Did my course with Connor? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and also, also because I, I last year or say it's probably through, I can't. We're, my t- the time thing has gone all funny because of COVID. But we did make some podcasts in the UCD, but it was done say before we did this course and before I met Alan to and Jessica, who's a master student in journalism and knows how to make podcasts as well. And so I had done it say using zoom and say a person then edited but the sound quality because obviously zoom some people are not hooked into the microphone or the headphones or for whatever reason somebody will walk behind them or a washing machine (laughs) or whatever so the quality sound and it was such a shame because the it was an interview on it was actually the topic was invisible disabilities and it was really interesting and they brought in culture and the arts and museums and amazing but the, it was such a shame because there was so so such good quality or, of the content but every so often <laughs> there'd be a big noise or you know and you could you just felt it's out of your control because you can't we're not in a studio we can't so that's why this has been apart from anything else this has been a, a great experience for me because I, I'm sitting in what I would class as I can hear properly I've got people who know what they're doing and they're telling me when to stop talking <laughs> which is <laughs> not, yeah, always, not always not always <laughs> <laughs> which is right now yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so so it's been great so on that note i'm going to hand you the listeners to listen to jessica who is has been the editor 
Hi, Tina. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, and just to toss off uh, when you're talking about the listening quality, I mean, you have Forrest, who is her guide dog, and he has this giant bell around his neck. So when we go to record, we have to get him to go for a walk so that his bell <laughs> isn't anywhere in the site, you know? And it's it's just little things like that when we made the podcast. I think, you know, podcasting can be a difficult feat if you're not used to it. But I think especially for someone like with a disability like Tina, there's a lot more thought that has gone into creating this podcast than I even imagined, you know? Um, and I've known Tina for quite some time now, but I think that the podcast itself has definitely even shown how much more like accessible things can be if we just take the time to think about them, you know? Um, and yeah, like just from a day to day when we go to record, like Tina was saying, she can't just read off a script. So she's here memorizing lines as if she's, you know, an actress ready to, <laughs> ready yeah, to record, you concerned. know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you're like doing the, your, uh, yeah oral for irish or something you know um (laughs) but yeah so i think with a lot of that comes a lot of time for tina to have to you know remember things or figure out the questions and the guests that we have are always so great so you know it's it's definitely a a time-consuming project but it's a very worthwhile project as well um but yeah and like i was saying so when tina has to record I have to help her with the voiceover before so there will be a lot of prompting even when we have guests because you know you're not going to remember every single question that's asked so it would be ridiculous for me to to think that she could remember everything even though to be fair you're actually quite good at it you know and you, you, she's very good at thinking on her feet yeah you know I think that's the way I live my life you know I yeah. wing it but yes. the other part that's very interesting when you are having a conversation with a group of people in a studio where you're conscious of the sound and your next question. The first guests we had on in our first show were two people talking about sensory gardens and horticulture. And the great thing is they literally, can. they are actually a married couple. They're both experts in the field, but they talked, they talked forever. And what was funny was I had loads of questions. And every time I went to ask a next question, they would have answered it. So <laughs> it was very interesting because I, at one stage I was thinking, my God, how, how you know, how do you, man-? it's very hard to, it's not hard, but it's just very interesting. The dynamics of making a podcast, it depends on, look, luckily, I have to say every podcast we've made, people are really, they, they start off quite uncomfortable, but once they realize nobody is looking at them. And it's just you in a little studio. Nobody's making any judgments on anything. They relax. And some people have come in here who you would have thought would be very confident, but are actually really nervous. And once you get them to kind of relax and start talking, you can't stop them. So it's great. It's 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 yeah, a great I'm medium for some people. You know, I think a lot of people like as well the fact that it's a podcast and not you know a live radio interview or something. So. Even if, you know, if you tell people, like, we can stop this and, you know, you, if you want to rephrase something or if you want to say something again, like, that's not a problem. It's, it's all going to be edited afterwards. I think in a lot of cases what you find is once people know that's the case, they're much more relaxed and they're much more open and they probably don't ever stop and say, oh, actually, hold on, scrap that, let me start again, or hold on, I'll say this another way. Like, some people will. Most people won't. They'll just chat away, and you can edit it afterwards. But I think just knowing in the back of your head that if you do say something that, you know, you realize doesn't really matter, either just 
something that you're, I don't know if you're representing your employer or something, you're like, oh God, I probably shouldn't have said that. You know, like there's there's not that nervousness, which kind of really helps um, a That's lot of people. Very true. Yeah, it's very true. So another part of making podcasts, a big part of, of this is the artwork. So who who would like to talk about the artwork that was involved in, in this podcast? Alan or Jessica? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll start off, I suppose, yeah. and Alan okay. could okay. fill us in, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah, so we worked with Agency X to create the artwork. And, you know, although Tina can't see, you can see vaguely, right, light. So when we were developing what colors we were going to use for it, we wanted colors that, you know, Tina had kind of liked already. So we had blue and yellow as the main two. Um, And then, like I said, those are kind of the most visible ones, would they be? Yeah, for they would be for color contrast. Mm. Yeah, and accessibility, they work well. Yeah, sure. Um, The artwork's really important. And, well... Yeah, so Agency X were brilliant. I, I think they must have thought we were the most pain in the ass clients they ever got <laughs> we, yeah. because we kept, we kept going, going back. back. We did, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think yes, they yes. gave us, I, I counted nearly 12 um, proofs to consider. Um, they always gave us sets of four uh, with one wild card in there. Um, they took the initial brief really easy. Uh, we we gave some, them some screenshots of podcasts we liked, and Jess, Jessica did a, a really nice, interesting conceptual art that uh, actually ended up being quite close to the finished product. Um, and all along the way, we, with the wildcards particularly, we we got a sense that we we had some agency and input into it, and uh, so we we thought maybe put a, a blind spot um, visual test in there, or that there might be some Thing, a visual cue that indicates that um, the host is, is herself blind. Um, and I, I think it worked out really well. There's some subtle details they ended up with that we really liked. And you can see that their designer uh, or designers have really, really thought about the layout. We, you know, we go back with some crazy idea to move the font or to change the font. And but when you go to do that yourself, you realize, oh, they've thought through the balance. There's the you know the negative space. There's the co- contrast. There's the the centrality of of the imagery. So they've really covered all the bases, and we're so lucky with the um, the finished product, which you can see on on the uh, podcast itself. It's something you don't often think about. I'm making a podcast. It's audio. You know wh- how important is the artwork, but. On a practical level, you can't actually submit your audio to any platforms un- unless there's a piece of artwork. And then, you know, I guess it's the same as the cover of a book or something. You know, people are going to scroll through hundreds of podcasts. And if yours really jumps out and the artwork is intriguing and so on, they're going to click through. Or or the opposite, you know, they might consider your podcast and then go, oh, God, if they can't even put together a decent looking piece of artwork, how much work have they put into the podcast? You know, in that kind of way. So it yeah. is definitely important. And it's definitely like very thought out even how we had the back and forth emails, you know, and we did the silhouette to kind of represent, you know, accessibility is every man, you know, everybody has some sort of uh, disability at some point in their life. And I think that that's what we wanted to capture with the show even, you know. There's a good bit of tension in uh, the, the way you construct the image too, because you want it to be highly clickable. You want it to communicate with words too. Um, there's a lot of con- uh, constraints that the designer and and what's more is a podcast cover art is actually quite a small palette 
tiny and like the actual size most people are going to view maybe 12 or 16 of them on a phone screen so yeah, it's like yeah, smaller yeah. than a like postage stamp it's yeah. really small it's, it's, it's well, such yeah. an art isn't it like it's mm. it's, a, it's amazing actually yeah we were told to, 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 to put a, a human head or an image of a person because that ups clickability so mm. we actually had some um variations of different uh, different versions with human heads on them mixed into the the mix and went uh, and did surveys and yeah absolutely a human head a human face yeah it was great and you know we're th- i mean we're really praising them but like agency x and especially brian larkin did a great job with the back and forth and just really taking whatever we had to say and rolling with it and they really managed to make the podcast artwork something that we're really proud of and i think we're overall really proud of the podcast anyways you know so that moves nicely on to my question for Connor <laughs> to explain to us and the listeners how do we, what, you know, wh- how does, there are so many podcasts now, thousands and thousands, probably millions at this stage. How do you get your podcast out to the world? Like, what is the trick? <laughs> yeah. Apart I from, mean, you know, the platforms, like, is, is it. You know, because there's so much out there. There's so much to listen to. Well, like, it, isn't it yeah. about audience? Where do you get audience? Yeah. How do you construct an audience? Yeah, like in many ways, it's it's no different than anything else. You know, if you're a, you write a book or you have a blog or you, you know, have a YouTube channel or whatever, you, you need to find the people. The first step, I think, is there's no point doing any marketing unless you're happy with the show and the show is good because... What are you trying to get people to click on? If it's, you know, if you're like, oh, look, it's grand, it'll do, I'll put it out. And then you're trying to market it and, you know, you might get some people, but, you know, they're going to turn off after a few minutes because it's rubbish or whatever. So, you know, work on the audio first, get something you're happy with and proud of and, and, and put it out. Um, there's lots and lots of ways to promote a show. The main thing, I think, is... You, you either, like a lot of things in life, you either need time or money. You know, you can pump a lot of money into something like this and put on Google AdWords and social media ads and you can, you know, you can spend a lot of money on it. Most podcasters don't have huge marketing budgets, um, you know, and even if a company is making a podcast or something, you know, that the podcast is one part of, of what they're putting out and they, they have other things they need to market too. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of different things, I suppose. Um, one is to, like, you you know, you have two audiences. You have the people who like your subject and you have the people who like podcasts. And you're obviously looking for that overlap because in a lot of cases, there'll be people who are interested in the subject, but they just don't listen to podcasts, in which case you've kind of got a, a two-step marketing strategy. It's, it's like, hey, listen to podcasts. And once I've convinced you to do that, listen to my podcast. Um, so that's kind of harder to do. But if you convince someone who doesn't listen to podcasts at all to listen to your podcast, then yours is the only show they listen to. Yeah. So they're, you know, <laughs> there's a really good sort of, um, you know, th- they're not they're not making space. Because if you think like, I don't know, if, if the average sort of avid podcast listener, typical kind of podcast listener, you know, they might listen to five or six shows a week or something like that. So if you, you what you're essentially saying is, hey, will you drop uh, one of your six shows? And listen to my one instead. Like that's how good it is. You know, whatever your six podcasts that you've chosen out of the millions of podcasts out there, you need to drop one of them and listen to mine, or you need to stop doing something else and squeeze in a seventh. You know, <laughs> whatever that might be. So that's kind of a difficult, difficult proposition. So um, if you're trying to find podcast listeners, then you're trying to look at places where they already are. So 
by putting, say, an ad for your show on another podcast of a similar type. That's a good way to get listeners. So a lot of podcasters will do kind of cross promos or our kind of promo swaps. So you find a show with a similar audience and you put a short little ad for your, your show on theirs and they put one for theirs on yours. That's a nice way to get um, podcast listeners who are interested in your topic f- for free. Um, so there's that sort of looking for the podcast listeners type thing. You could also, you know, buy an ad on a big podcast or something like that too. Um, and then there's social media, you know, social media. Most people don't enjoy promoting things on social media. It's very time consuming, but it can be effective if done well. But you need to kind of think about who are your listeners and where are they likely to be? You know, the type of audience you'll find on TikTok isn't going to be the same as Twitter or whatever else. And it may not be worth your time, say, setting up an Instagram account and posting to it every day. You might be much better off just focusing on whatever it might be, Facebook or Twitter or something like that. So you need to think about where you'll find the people and how you'll find them. Uh, And also what they'll engage with. You're mentioning like people clicking on faces, you know, a photo of you, in the studio recording the podcast or out in the field getting some recordings and things like that will tend to do quite well on Instagram or other kind of visual social media as opposed to, you know, just the title of your episode or, or, or something like that. Um, so just thinking about what people will click on and what they'll just they'll Just on that idea of, say, uh, avid uh, listeners who have five or six shows a week, what does that equate to in terms of time that they spend? Because that then... F- it suggests the sort of duration of your own podcast. So what, what are yeah. the sweet spots? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I, I've just said five or six. I, I can't remember, you know, there's, there's lots of different surveys about, you know, number of shows that people people listen to. Um, but, you know, if if you think about typical, lot, uh, lots of shows anyway, they're outliers, but a lot of shows tend to be kind of around 20 minutes or so, maybe around 40 minutes or so, or around an hour or so or, or thereabouts. So you could listen to loads of, 20-minute podcasts, I guess, and you'll squeeze a lot more of them in. Uh, around the hour mark is quite typical for a lot of interview shows, and especially kind of celebrity interview shows and that kind of thing, which also tend to be extremely popular in some of the, the big ones out there. So, you know, I would say probably if if you're, you know, if you're listening to two hours of podcasts, um, you're probably only getting maybe three shows in there or something like that. So if your show is shorter, that's good. You're, you know, you're only asking someone to... Remind me what? Uh, how long is words to that effect typically? Oh yeah, your, so this, your own this podcast. Is my own, yeah, a little so pitch there. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah. Um, plug, yeah. So, yeah, this is my my show, which I, I um, make about um, fiction and popular culture. I usually have episodes between twenty and thirty minutes, so maybe around the twenty five minute mark. Uh, largely because that's kind of the length I personally like. I don't listen to that many shows. I kind of think if a show is longer than half an hour it, it kind of needs a good reason for me to listen and if it's longer than an hour it needs an exceptionally good reason for me to listen I really don't listen to many shows at all that are more than an hour because it just seems like too much time I'd prefer to listen to three really well considered 20 minute shows instead or something it's true isn't it it's 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 also the way it it's a kind of to I find I found what I what I the best podcasts I found this year were because I was trying to learn about sensory gardens. So I listened to all the gardening mm. experts and I it was it was brilliant because some of them were done outdoors or some of them were done in the potting shed with a group of people. 
and it's amazing. It's it's just a great. Me- I find it's just a great medium to, because people are very relaxed when they're doing it, but they're also describing to you. As you know, for me, it's brilliant. They describe exactly what they're planting or how they planted or, so it is. Even though it's not a visual medium, people can still make it. Yeah, very, very atmospheric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. You know, it's it's. So that's that's what I what I would say. Tune into the podcast is say to learn, and then for the entertainment factor, it's some of them for the c- comedy effect. But again, that's. I, you know, it's, it's there's one in particular, and it's brilliant. But again, it's it's a, it does come across like say three people having a chat. But I would imagine it's scripted because it's really you know there's always a topic. But it's a it's a great way for you can either relax or learn. So and then the other part of it all is that once you make it, it's there, isn't it? Do you know what the name of the podcast that you're referring to is, Tina? Yes, Tommy Ternan and. Hector O'Hookadon and L- Loretta Sweet, but I don't, I don't, mm. I actually don't know. I probably said her second name wrong. I don't know the name of the podcast, but it's Tommy Tiernan. Yeah, yeah. And it's made like they do it like it's in, it sounds like it's in his kind of shed, <laughs> which yeah. it could be, but it's done really well. And it's, it's just very funny because he's funny and they join in. So, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good, um, like I really like that, but then you know, so it depends. It just depends on the people, and it depends on what you want to learn and listen. Yeah, they've to got a groove. I'd say they've already established that patter and banter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they know each other for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which helps. Yeah, a yeah, lot. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's yeah, but it's it's been um it's been a great way to learn and to to talk to people and then to find out much more about what they do than say if you didn't know them before they came in. To chat. Yeah, know. there's a lot of uh, educational focus for Tina's um, podcast, The Blind Spot, and awareness raising. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think you've you've done a fantastic job in bringing a diverse group of people together, specialists in their fields, are, are talking about a range of topics, all really relevant to our captive audience of students at UCD and the UCD community um, and educators in Ireland. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you, you think you know, as well about the like outreach from universities to the sort of wider community and you see things like you know there's an evening lecture on and anyone's free to come and 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 you know have a listen and so on but like you know realistically you have to go to that lecture you have to be aware of where lecture halls are and it can feel quite um exclusive to someone who's not used to sort of going to universities and lectures and various things like that whereas if you can get the same message across with a podcast that someone can just stick on after they've listened to um, you know, a bit of music or something. It, it's so much more inclusive and so much more. It's just easier to reach that many people. Yeah, and even you can tune in and tune out whenever you yeah, choose. Yeah. You know, mm. which yeah. I think and is it's still important. there. Yeah, that's the yeah. great thing, actually, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So you don't miss it because you can go back and. And and I think also you can just learn so much, even from revisiting episodes, and you know, even I've been in the studio listening to. Uh, in person to each episode but as we go back to edit them you you still pick up on things that yeah. you don't even realize were you know being spoken about so totally you miss stuff first time around and there are real nuggets in going back and listening to people talking about um uh subject matter uh, particularly that they're specialists in and um, i love that notion that uh, i have often when i'm listening to uh, a recording and it's in the background somewhat, but I, I, it's somehow I think it just 
seeps into your consciousness and it comes out later. You you mm. do, you get this recall. It's as as, as a as a medium for learning, I think mm, it's, it's really yeah, deep. Yeah. yeah, it's like um, an audible book. I, you know, it's similar to. You may have thought you didn't listen or you had nodded off, but it actually does go into. Yeah, because I think they, they there've been studies done, um, <coughs> there've been studies done in a more commercial sense about like for advertisers about how much people are retaining um, when they hear podcast ads, and it seems to be that people remember the ads and therefore also, you know, everything else they hear better when they're doing something else and listening, you know, when they're running or washing the dishes or, you know, that it actually seems to, it does just sort of seep in, um, in a way that seems kind of counterintuitive that if you're only focusing on the podcast, you actually remember it less. <laughs> um, yeah. It's yeah. strange, but it's, very true, um, yeah. but it's good. So um, it's been a great, uh, it's been a fantastic learning and it's been really enjoyable and it's actually been one of the things that I have to say I've really enjoyed because even though I've had to say memorize some things or whatever it's you get a great reaction from some people and you get a, a different reaction from people who you did you wouldn't have thought would be so chatty <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a great way to bring out the best in people because I really do think it's because they can't they no, nobody's looking at them and people can be very self-conscious and I think sometimes you know? people come in and they're like, "Oh, I, I don't know if like if I have enough to say." Yeah. And, then yeah, and then you, you can't let them, them. Yeah, yeah, you let them all just share yeah. so much, you know. Yeah. So everybody yeah. has something to share. It just is so it the title of this. Do you want me to help you? The bl- no, no, it's a you got it. Oh, go on, go on. Go so on since the show is called the okay, blind spot. Yeah. Okay, so this is we're going to we wrap it up now. Is that okay? That sounds great, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. it. Great done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is anyway. there anything you guys want to add before yeah, we wrap is, it up? Yeah. Is there anything else? I don't think so. No, it, it's been great working with you guys as well. I mean, the, the, the training and teaching side of podcasting is something that I really enjoy. So it's, it's amazing when you people come in and they're like, help, I don't know how to make a podcast. And then a couple of months later, <laughs> yeah. they're like, look, it's here and it's great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. which is just really nice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that that's been brilliant as well because we we you know we were very serious about it, but it was thinking uh, when it, when you know we went and learned loads, and then I was thinking, oh my god, how are we going to do this? But we've been doing it really. It's been a real dedication, hasn't it? Yeah, like, it's definitely it's a labor of love for yeah, sure. It is. It is. Yeah. So, uh, so Alan, do you have anything else you want to share now? No, no, I'm good. Right, good. Um, yeah, just happy happy to have been taken part, and I've been deliberately not as in front actively involved in the project just sort of sitting at the background um and facilitating um tina and jess doing running the sessions and uh, they've been fantastic i've I've been amazed at the quality of the work they've they've been developing and uh look forward to hearing more let's hope that people will listen yeah i think i think we had a really great team (laughs) yeah yeah no it's good it's good really great and the thing is it's it's funny because sometimes i'm i'm a bit of a devil for taking orders (laughs) Yeah, our instructions to you, Tina. I mean, like taking or giving? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I never give them. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Of course not. Anyway, so but I, in fairness, like I, when Jessica said, it's "Do something," I do because it's <laughs> because I know that you know what you're talking about. That's why. Yeah. Well, so, I, I say it uh, with love, but but, but it is because <laughs> you, know. you know what you're doing. So. Yeah. So well, well, thanks so much, Tina. I mean, you know, I think you know you've recognized everybody else, but you know this this all wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. Suppose we should oh, put a chip in for the uni- university. For uh, Absolutely, university for all. Yeah. yeah, university for all, and um, yeah, accessible campus, and 
your assistants and your fantastic dog, who really hasn't played a much of a role. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he's behind the scenes. He's, he's a loyal yeah. fan. He's, he's been, a loyal um, fan. During the <laughs> pandemic, he's been less active, put, put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's back on the campus now. All right, so ready to wrap up? Yeah. Okay, so since the show is called The Blind Spot, what is your blind spot? Okay, so Alan, since the show is called The Blind Spot, what is your blind spot? Um, well, my blind spot was how I come across to people, and I've only re- really discovered how I come across as uh, a, a lecturer and a speaker by taking part in The Blind Spot and uh, podcasting because I have to listen to myself back again, and it's really quite eye-poppingly shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great learning experience, I tell you. Very good. And Connor, what, what's your blind spot? Yeah, I mean, I, just since you um, first came to the studios, it, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, because, you know, thinking about the different accessibility issues around podcasting, you, you think it's very accessible because in in a way it is um but there are there are lots of other areas around podcasting particularly things like transcripts for people who want to listen to podcasts but are hard of hearing and various things like that um and not just accessibility to listening but accessibility to actually making the thing in the first place um so yeah it's something that i had not thought about a huge amount around podcasting um or at least not in a more sort of considered way um so yeah that's something that this show and working with you guys has really made me think a lot about which is great and jessica um my blind spot would probably be that i overthink a lot so uh i'm quite over analytical about every type of project that i put out there but i would say that um when you overthink you overlove which i think is a nicer way of saying things <laughs> um but yeah tina what's your blind spot yeah that's what i'm sitting here thinking that we've been asking this question for since last september and most people go <gasps> and i'm thinking this now what is my blind spot i think it's probably um i'm not i'm not as self confident as i'd like to be and i think i'm trying to be more that's my blind spot well, I think the podcast has definitely helped with that then, you know, and meeting all the people and having all the chats, you know. Well, look, thanks for uh, pushing it through to a full season. Well done. Yay. Yeah. 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 Two. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So thank you, everyone. And hopefully we'll see you again. Listen to our Blind Spot podcast. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks. Right. Thanks for listening to The Blind Spot. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Until next time on The Blind Spot. The Blind Spot podcast was funded under the University for All Faculty Partner Program and developed with the support of the UCD College of Business and UCD Access and Lifelong Learning.